Hey, Graham. Hello there. Got a joke for you. All right, let's hear it. So, what lesson did the cowboy teach all oh, of his children? Uh, something, something about a rope. I don't know. Never squat with your spurs on. <laughs> Ouch! <laughs> Whoa! All right. Is that's, that a joke? That's, Maybe that's not a joke. That is a painful joke. Oh, that's a joke. <laughs> that's a painful joke. It gets a painful rating. Three and a half. Can I, try again. Try, can I try again? Sure. Nah, that's not the way the show works. You go ahead. All right. What do you call a cookie that can do martial arts? You don't know? What? A ninja bread man. Oh. Yeah. 6.75. Good. That's good. You know why? Why? This came from a listener, and you gave it a good rating uh, because it's a good joke. That's why. That is a good joke. uh, This came from Harper. Man, good job, Harper. Yeah, great job. But nonetheless, enough of the nonsense. (laughs) Let's get on with the nonsense. Welcome back to Withy Window, a whimsical interactive show for kids who love stories, words, and groan-worthy jokes, featuring your favorite authors and illustrators. It's part book club, part game show. It's your weekly adventure through the wild world of wordplay. I am David Kern. I am Graham Pittman. Still. Still. Still Graham Pittman. Huh? Yeah. Even though I'm wearing this, um, you know, fake mustache, uh, fake nose, fake eyeglass combo. Those are fake? Watch. What? <laughs> it's been me. All along? All along. Wow. Oh, I wondered who I was hanging out with all day. <laughs> well, we are here on the fourth episode of the fourth season. The fourth point fourth episode four of Withy Windle. And our guest this week is comic book illustrator and otherwise illustrator, uh, Johnny Jemison. Mm. And we talked to him for a while. We are excited to share that interview with you guys. We also have the usual segments, Graham. Such as? Uh, we would have story time. Check. Uh, lazy word. Check. Uh, snack time. Oh, check. Uh, uh, you said you talked about the author interview, so let's yeah. go with uh, 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 riddle, riddle time. Riddle time at the end. And that's, of that would round us out. Which means, you know, it's a it's a perfectly uh, normal episode of Withy Windle here in season four. Oh. We got all the usual stuff. You know what we should do? What? We should tell the kids about something exciting that's happening in our neck of the woods. Yes, we should. Do it. November 20th. Do you know what's happening November 20th? I do know. Do you want me to say or do you want to say? You're Let, seem like you're maybe you're setting me up, but it also seems like maybe you want to say it. I'm so just I'm, actually trying to figure out if you remember what's oh, happening. Oh, no, I do remember. You do yeah, remember yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Our friend, S.D. Smith. Author of the Green Ember series. Which sometimes uh, also known as Samuel Dennison Smith. Yeah, right. At least on this podcast. Uh, S.D. Smith has a new book coming out. It is called Zulu and Jack, the, Jack Zulu and the Waylanders Key. That's it, Jack Zulu and the Waylanders Key. He is going to be celebrating that book coming out by coming to our town of Concord, North Carolina. That's right on November twentieth, which is a Sunday, and we are going to put on a little show with him. That's right. We are going to well, we're going to be kind of hosting it. He is going to be doing the show part, singing, dancing. Uh, what else? Answering be questions. Uh, more dancing. Books, I, just, I, just really lots of dancing. To, I just really want him to can't, dance. We can't guarantee that he's going to dance, but, you know, with a name like Samuel Dennison Smitherson. <laughs> no. So there are going to be songs. There are going to be uh, uh, games. Um, he's going to be doing a reading of his book. Uh, Goldberry Books is open. It's down the street from where the show's going on. Uh, if you buy a ticket to the show, you get a percent off at the store. It's just going to be a whole kind of afternoon and evening of fun. Uh, with us and with Sam. That's right. We are so excited. And if you want to come and join us for this event, 
you can go to goldberrybooks.com and click on the graphic that's there and the link and all that to, to sign up. Tickets yeah. are $5 a person. Very cheap. And they're going to they're gonna sell out. So if you would like yeah. to come, whether you live in Charlotte or maybe you live across the state of North Carolina or you just want to make a little road trip yeah. and make it a destination – yeah. Come join us. It's going to be super fun. I know most people are going to come for us, you know. <laughs> and then Graham, Sam's just a bonus, Graham, Graham, right? I don't I don't want to I don't mean to break it to you. What? Most people are going to come for Sam. No, no, and no. For me. <laughs> no, no, no. Most people are going to come and they're all going to be wearing shirts with your and my face on them. And some people will be wearing shirts that say we're here for Withy Windle. Wait. Specifically Withy Windle. That's the shirt's going to say that. All We're of, here for specifically Withy Windle. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I uh, I doubt it, but uh, <laughs> but we'll see. No, um, every, Sam Sam is going to be incredible. You guys should all come and see him and also just us too. That's right. It's going to be a great time. So again, goldberrybooks.com. Click on that link and sign up. Uh, space is limited, though. So if you want to come, make sure you reserve your seats as soon as possible. Also, you know, we have a sponsor for this episode. And you've heard about them the first three episodes. It's a book series called The Tree Street Kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, the author is Amanda Cleary Estep. We are really thankful to them for sponsoring these first four episodes of this season. So please go check out those books at treestreetkids.com. As you might remember, there are two new books. One is called Lions to the Rescue. It involves football and bookmobiles and perfect game plans that are perfect until a fumble happens. And then there's also Mystery in Crooked Creek Woods, which is the fourth one. And it's about fishy things going on in Crooked Creek Woods and kids having to solve the mystery, mild peril included. Uh, so, again, if you want to learn more about this, head over to treestreetkids.com. Graham, do you remember the four, the four tree streets that they live on? I do. What are they? You ready? Yep. Maple. Yep. Uh, oak. Yep. Oak's the one I didn't get the last time. Cherry. Yep. And, oh, no. Oh, no. I did it again. I don't... Chris. Uh, cross. Cross. There's a tree called Cross? Crisscross. Crisscross tree. No, Pine. <laughs> pine. Yeah, Pine. Oh, Chris Pine. Yeah, the actor. Yep. You were trying to help me out. Yeah, that's right. So it takes place in a 1990s suburban neighborhood, but things never are quite exactly as they seem. And then the kids have lots of adventures and learn who they can trust and who they should trust and how to be friends and about God's love and all that great stuff. So again, treestreetkids.com. And thank you so much to them for making this episode of Windy Windle possible. And oh, that was interesting way you phrased that. <laughs> I mean, enunciated that. Uh, and we will always be in Amanda's debt because she sent us all those delicious snacks. That's right. And I thought maybe you borrowed money from her. Anybody that just sends us food in the mail i mean they they rise up our charts so so speaking of snacks should we just jump right into snack time or do we need a break snack time i wonder what sound effects logan's gonna put in this episode i always wonder that probably the usual the usual but maybe some extras logan can you just put a sound effect here any sound effect it could be anything why are you always making logan work thanks i don't know okay so speaking of working that looks like a gift bag we have a bag here from our friends, the Crofts, uh, they brought snacks to town. They came to visit the bookstore, and they came to visit us, and they brought snacks. Um, and their whole family's big fans of this show, so we just want to say thank you to them. And we have a couple things here. One of these is in a bag, and we're going to do that last. You okay. I know what it is, but you do not know what it is, and I cannot wait for you to open I'm it. I'm a little nervous. Okay. But first, we okay. have... Okay, okay. Okay, we have a variety of things in here. First, okay, I'm going to pull this out. We have some... Hardy and Sons Fine Teas Hot Cinnamon Sunset Black Tea with Warming Spices. So this feels like the adult part of the snack, right? Hot cinnamon, huh? Yep. Hot cinnamon. I got to talk to you about something related to hot cinnamon in a bit, but this tea looks great. Okay. 
<laughs> Brownie brittle Reese's pieces. Oh wow! Open those up right now. Oh wow! Uh, okay, there's definitely some candy in here. We've got Sour Patch Kids cherry. We've got peanut butter kisses. Oh yeah, Haley says these are. She called. She referred to these as old people candy that she thought you would like. Oh, I do like those. The good autumnal. Okay, candy. this is um, the candies. I don't know. Do people still get these in their uh, in their trick or treat bags? It's just a. It's like a orange, uh, nondescript peanut butter candy. Peanut butter candy or a black nondescript peanut butter candy. No writing on the packaging. Yeah, yeah. Just bl- just plain. That's right. They look. Um, Nondescriptly delicious. <laughs> uh, also, some Sour Patch Kids with watermelon flavor. Oh wow! Oh, okay, well, yep. Sorts. Some candy corn. I mean, uh, like it's that's just for the bag you. Keeps going and then sweet maple walnuts. Oh wow! So that's like that's, that's like grown up. That's grown up food. Yeah, maybe Whoa. not for us. That might have been a mistake. That might be for um, for our wives. Well, well, if you take two sweet maple walnuts and put a candy corn in the middle of them. And make it like a sandwich. Oh, yeah. There you go. There we're, now we're talking. Yeah, now we're talking. Now right. we're cooking. Exactly. Okay, we're going to dig into this stuff in a second. But first, okay. Graham. Is this edible? What's this in here? This is an edible thing. Okay. I know what it is. I opened it at the bookstore and I LOL'd. I laughed out loud. Okay. okay. Graham, are you ready to open this? <laughs> I'm okay, very this excited. is from the cross. Here you go. Here, just open that up. It's themed. <laughs> it's on brand. It's on brand. All right, let's see. what okay i'm looking i'm i'm looking at a bag of um taffy turn it around it says describes it it's from it's from a thing called the taffy shop it's from the taffy shop it's um ostensibly taffy but it is called pigeon poop (laughs) And it's got a pigeon on the on the thing, and it says a yummy treat from the street. <laughs> um, Here, me... I love taffy. Even if you call it that, it still looks good to me. I'm very excited about this. I'm assuming it's all just white taffy. And, yeah, we're gonna open it in up there. Here. Okay, we're gonna try this. And it doesn't say anything about the flavor, right? That's what's a little scary. Well, I'm a back, little concerned. Said, but it does say always flesh. Always fresh. Always flesh? Oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, well, it is Halloween. Yeah, kids, ask your parents about what a Freudian slip is. <laughs> okay, just put your hand in there and grab one. Uh, well, oh, that's, that's the... that's What? That's a little mini bag. Okay, so... so okay. There's extra... Oh, there's that their other taffies. Yeah, I think those are other oh, samples. Oh, okay, cool. Grab one. There's a couple different colors. There are not different colors, are there? Oh, okay, white and brown. White and brown. Okay, I'm, okay I got so a white one. Yeah, me too. This, I'm assuming it's going to be vanilla, and yours is going to be chocolate. No, I got, I got. Oh, you got the white too. one too. Yeah. All right, let's see. <clears throat> Pigeon poop, huh? It's from the taffy shop. I assume they sought this, this out. Th- on we the really, pro- we probably should contact the taffy shop now and let them know about what what's happening here. Is this one of those things where it's like those jelly beans that purposefully like meant to taste like bad things? I hope not. Tastes like, tastes like saltwater taffy. It's great. It's delicious. Mm-hmm. I mean, other than the fact that it tastes like pigeon poop. <laughs> well, as far as we know. I mean, I love it. If this tasted like pigeon poop, I don't know. The streets wouldn't be safe. Oh, my goodness. It's delicious. Okay. I ate a lot of junk food yesterday. I'm just going to say it. 
And then right now I'm looking at our table covered in bags of candy. That's right. This is not this um, weekend. Oh man. Yeah, we're gonna be feeling it. Okay. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be holding my stomach. <laughs> because it's gonna fall to the ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, but here's the problem. Um this pigeon poop is very delicious. It's the most delicious delicious uh, pigeon poop I've ever eaten. <laughs> but as you can tell, it's hard to talk while eating taffy. So we're gonna take a break. We're gonna eat more pigeon poop, and then we're gonna come back and we're gonna um we're gonna move on to um lazy words. So give us a second. Listen to this fine piece of music that Logan's about to drop here, and we'll be back in a second. All right, we are back, and it is time for lazy. No, it is not, David. What? What? It is not. What? We can we cannot move on to our next segment without addressing what? 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 The thing that you just told me during the break. <laughs> Let's go back to snack time. Back to snack time. Logan, put okay. the crunch put the crunch sound effect back in. Okay. We're now okay. back in oh, snack time. But why are you making Logan work? Now, <laughs> David, you asked me if I've ever had something. You said. Graham, have you ever had <laughs> hot graham crackers? Yeah. When you were a kid? Yeah. And, yeah, and I want to repeat, as a child. And I just I stared at you. now. Like, and, I said, like, and it was like, like a s'more? He said, no, hot, hot graham cracker. No, a s'more, is not, that's the hot marshmallow. You see, you're like, no, hot graham cracker. You know, when you crunch up graham crackers into a bowl, a bowl and you pour <sighs> no. hot milk on them. You, okay, only half of that is true. You don't crunch them up. You break them in half. <laughs> so they're big, like half of graham crackers. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then you put them in the bowl and you pour the hot, and then it, it kind of like softens them. No. And it's like cereal. No. That doesn't make it any better. Okay. I didn't say this is delicious. I described it as upper Midwest poor people food. <laughs> uh, yeah, but you, you acted like I should know what it is and everybody knows. Everybody knows what this is except I me. I didn't say everybody knows Nobody's what it is. Nobody's heard of this before. Okay. All I know is this was something that my mom... And my dad, hot graham cracker. Give us, and we were growing up. My mom is like crying in a car right now. Somewhere there is no this. way this is a thing. This is not. This is something your mom told you people do and <laughs> gave it to you. Well, again, I don't eat this now. Uh, what so. I mean, what else? I, okay, hey, hey, you know what, David? Did what? you know we have another sponsor? Oh, what for this episode? What? This episode is sponsored by uh, Pizza Pudding. <laughs> Uh, it's where you take your pizza and you pour hot milk on it and you eat it out of a bowl. Well, pizza pudding for everybody does it. Already has hot milk on it. It's called cheese. Everybody does. Oh, fine. Hey, did you know we have another sponsor? Oh, yeah, we do. This sponsor is called Raisin Medley. <laughs> it's where you pour hot milk on your raisins and you sing a song and everybody knows about it. Everybody did it when they were a kid. <laughs> no you don't know about well, raisin medley we, next we got this episode is brought to you by jelly bean symphony <laughs> no this episode is actually <laughs> brought to you by cold puffin soup it's where you boil a puffin in milk and cold is just a misnomer that, okay that. <laughs> It's actually very hot. It's very, it's dangerously hot. <laughs> it's a soup. 
You know what? You boil that puffin. When it, then you, after a while, you pull that puffin out. You you pull the, the meat off the bone. Throw it back in with some onions yeah. and some garlic and some spinach. Yeah, you know, you were the you. you this was the eighties. Yeah, it was also poor people food. You, just in Alaska. Did you know this episode is sponsored by uh, Double Milk Surprise? It's where you, you, you get hot milk, cold milk, dump it on your head. <laughs> yeah, it's where you. Pour hot milk into cold milk, and the surprise is that it's gross. <laughs> you know what's going <laughs> to... Double milk surprise is going to be next time you walk in the <laughs> studio, and I take one glass of milk and dump it on you. And then you go, that was weird. And then I dump another glass of milk on you, and you go, that's hot. <laughs> okay. All right. Can this we do is lazy words now? Lazy words. Did you bring a lazy word? No, I did not bring a lazy word. Oh, wait, why? Because one of the listeners suggested one. Oh, overachieving listeners right there. But I'll get to that in a minute. If you remember last time... Should we just change this to underachieving words? Uh, that could work, but then you don't get to do your thing. <laughs> that's true. Mm. Underachieving words. Too many syllables. Yeah, lazy All right. words. Last, last week, uh, we had uh, tree house as the lazy wait, word. Just to clarify, are we done with snack time officially now? Yeah, slogan. Okay, okay. We're in lazy word time. Um, lazy he already words. knows. He okay. knows the. All right, he knows all right, the deal. All right, he knows the deal. Yeah. All right. So last so the kids. last week, uh, treehouse was the lazy word. We asked for suggestions. Uh, Olivia suggested reading platform uh, okay. because she said if you've ever tried reading in a tree without a treehouse, you would know it's super uncomfortable. <laughs> See, that is a that is an amazing take. I, mm-hmm. That was like there was a bit of a surprise too. I, I thought they were going to say, you know, I love to read in treehouses. Yeah. She pointed out that without a treehouse. Yeah. It's difficult. Like, so Treehouse is just a reading Which tells me platform. that she's climbed up in a tree and tried to read and had trouble. And I would like to hear that story. <laughs> Elena says, Casarbor. Like Casa and Arbor. Oh, uh, that's good. I really like that yeah. one. Yep. Uh, like a great board game. Liam says Birch Palace or Oak Palace or Cherry or Maple or Pine. Huh? Okay. Oh. Oh, yeah. Or Wal- Kids. Or Walnut Fortress. Uh, Ian says uh, Oak Abode. I like that. Is that your nephew? Oak. It is not. No. Oh, wait, no, it is. <laughs> uh, that would have been a shame if he like he comes to town next month for Thanksgiving. And he's just looking at you. Yeah, sorry. Yes, that is my, that you. is my nephew. You know, Why there's you know there's no nepotism because I had you didn't I, even know. I didn't even know. Uh, Okabode. I like the way that sounds. Um, Gemma says floating house. Giorgio says high house. Maria says arboreum. Oh yeah. Uh, I'm trying to get through them fast because yeah, yeah. we got so yeah, many. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Abby hideaway. Or Game Central, Hannah, Castle in the Air, Eva, Wonder Made of Lumber. Good. <laughs> Limb Fortress. Good job. Uh, Neil, Imagination Station or Wonder World, Sarah, Secret Escape. Rain says Monkey Fort. Blaze says Hang Spot. Breeze says Wood Bunch. <laughs> Wood Bunch. Uh, uh, let's see. James says Sky Den. I really like that. Isaac, Charlotte, and Megan. Uh, they suggested high up hideout. Nice, nice. Do we have you got more? Well, one more. more. I got one more. Okay, I got a couple more. <laughs> <laughs> Odetta, Rowan, and Francie agree that foliage fortress is much better than treehouse. That's because they're right. They're they're correct. And Sarah says arboreal escape. Nice. All right. So this week, yes. Those people in your house and probably cats. Sorry, children. Uh, this week, uh, Baron, Caroline, Gideon, and Jonathan 
sent in a word. Oh, excellent. And I thought it was a really good one. It wasn't on my main list. Oh, okay. And it fits the season and it's perfect. It's just so good. Okay. Okay. You know how sometimes, David, you go out into like, say, a cornfield or, you know, a wheat field, whatever kind of field, as you're wont to do. Yep. And you tend to stand out there with like a trench coat and, and a hat and you put your arms out and and you just stand there for hours. And I have to come out and tell you like, David, you don't have to do this. You just have to buy a or build a one of these. Scarecrow. That's it. Oh, that's a good one. Scarecrow. And I I've, I keep telling you, just build a scarecrow, but I don't know why you insist well, you, on standing out in the... Because I think scarecrow is a lazy word. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you won't have any of it. I, huh? will, not, I will I not. reject the concept. <laughs> Scarecrow. That's right. It's true. That's really bad. They were like, here's like 150 years ago or something. The farmers were like, you know, we're having this trouble with crows where they're taking our Mm -hmm. corn. And the farmer's wife was like, I don't know. Why don't you just go put a scarecrow out there? Put a scarecrow. Yeah. A scarecrow. It's just, it's really bad. Yeah. Um, There's not much more to say about it. It just needs fixed. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I think the kids, I think we just got evidence that the kids will solve this problem for the universe. What? I mean... Why just crow? I, I'm assuming crows are bad, but you got your ravens. I'm sure they wreak that's, havoc. That's true. It's not comprehensive you, enough. You, you've got, I mean, all the corvid family. You've got, you got so many birds it's a great, to choose from. This is a great point. It's a great point. And, this and the thing choice. is creepy too. And that, this scarecrow says nothing about how, like, the visceral reaction you get to, for, like, f- coming up upon one of these in a field in a in yeah, an it autumn. It says nothing dark. about the idea of scarecrow. Whew. Scarecrow does scare Graham. <laughs> All right. So if the kids want to send in their answers, how should they do that, Graham? They should email us at podcasts at goldberrybooks.com. Excellent. And while you're doing that, also draw a picture of David eating graham crackers in a bath of hot milk. Um, no, he's not taking the bath. The graham crackers why are taking don't the you bath. Just take a, why don't you just draw a picture of Graham as a scarecrow? Why don't you take a picture of David... Take a picture. Yeah. Don't take a picture of me, please. <laughs> Draw a picture of David uh, in a bowl of milk being eaten by a graham cracker. We're going to have a bunch of people showing up at the bookstore trying to take pictures of me now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's next? All right. Well, that brings us to the end of Lazy Words, which brings us to the beginning of story time. Which is a lazy word. It is time for story time, the new segment that is taking the our audience by storm. It's taking the the bookstore basement by surprise. I mean, <laughs> storm. <laughs> That's right. Okay, Graham. Yeah. It is your turn here at episode four. It is? To share a story. Oh, that's, Do you have one? It's a good thing I have one. <laughs> All right. This is a... F- you seem surprised. That was a good fake surprise. This is a folk tale. Okay. And maybe next time we should... Talk a little bit about what makes a folktale a folktale and a fairy tale a fairy tale, but not right now. Okay, we'll do that next. We'll time. We'll do that yeah. next time. Yeah. Uh, and this is a German folktale, told by German folk, huh? Told by the German folk. Well, originally, yeah. not right now. Um, that would be your story time. Uh, this. <laughs> oh right, yeah, because you're not German. I see what you're saying. This folktale is German folktale told by a Canadian folk. <laughs> <laughs> a folk. This one is called Doctor All Wise. Okay. Okay. There once was a poor peasant named Crab. <laughs> oh boy. Who drove two oxen with a load of wood into the city, and there he sold it for two dollars to a doctor. Okay. 
The doctor counted out the money to him as he sat at dinner. It probably didn't take long. You know, one, two. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> How much does an oxen cost anyway? Uh, apparently one dollar. Uh, and the peasant, seeing how well he fared, okay. yearned to live like him. Uh, how, how well the doctor fared. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, He wanted to live like him. And he thought, I need to be a doctor too. As Yeah, I mean, everybody needs a doctor. Yeah. Yeah. He stood a little while longer and thought, and at last asked, can I become a doctor? Do you ever think that there's maybe any doctors out there that are like, my life is stressful and I'd like to just live like a regular person? I want to drive oxen. Yeah, I would like to drive a team of oxen. I a thousand percent know that is true. Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> right. okay. Anyway, carry on. Oh, yes, said the doctor. That is easily managed. In the first place, you must purchase an ABC book. Only taking care that it is one that has got in the front of it a picture of a rooster crowing. Then sell your cart and your oxen and buy with the money clothes and all other things needful. Thirdly, and lastly, make a sign painted with the words, I am Dr. All Wise. And have that nailed up before the door of your house. Next time I come to your house, there's going to be a big sign in your front door that says, <laughs> Dr. Allwise. Well, apparently, according to a doctor, that's about all you need. And to purchase an ABC book that has a rooster on the front of it. All right. So the peasant. German what, doctors. What do you think he did? I think he did that. He did exactly that, <laughs> as he had been told. He knew how to follow directions. <laughs> and uh, yeah, good start. And after he had doctored for a little while... <laughs> So he's practicing. What kind of doctor do you think he is? Ooh, like, a bad one. Like I've got, a cold, I've got like some allergies going on right now. Do you think he yeah. can solve my problem? I bet he would prescribe something. I don't know if it would help. He'd some sweet maple nut walnuts. Hey, those might help. Maybe some pigeon poop. <laughs> oh, this episode has gone off the rails off the a rails. long yeah, time ago. Know, All I right, know. but we're keeping going. We keep going. We're off the rails, but we're going to move sideways then <laughs> yes all right so after he had doctored for a little while it happened that a certain nobleman was robbed of a large sum of money Uh-oh. someone told him there lived in the village somebody by the name of dr allwise who was sure to be able to tell him where his money had gone what i guess because he's named allwise right like i mean if 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 you told me that your name was allwise i would bring all my problems true to you. true yep yeah, medical or non. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. Who was sure to be able to tell him where his money had gone. Uh, the noble one. Also where his keys are. The nobleman at once ordered his carriage to be got ready and rode into the city. Okay. And having come to the doctor, asked him, are you Dr. Allwise? <laughs> the doctor was like, uh, who's asking? Who's asking? <laughs> well, actually, he said, oh, yes, I am Dr. Allwise. Which sure is enough. what anybody would say if someone said, are you Dr. Allwise? Even if they're not Dr. Allwise, because who wouldn't want to be called Dr. Allwise? Will you go with me then, said the nobleman, and get me my, back my money? Oh, to be sure I will, said the doctor. <laughs> uh, but my wife, Grethel, must also come with me. Did you say Grethel? Yeah, first time she's been mentioned. I know, and I also have not heard a lot of people named Grethel. Oh, German. <laughs> I, yeah, I know. Point stands. <laughs> the nobleman was pleased to hear this. He made them both get into the carriage with him, and away they rode together. When they arrived at the nobleman's house, dinner was already ready, and he desired the doctor to sit down with him. Uh, and my wife, Grethel, too, said the doctor. As soon as the first... Look it, look it up. Look it up for his wife. Smart man. Yeah. He's all wise. As soon as the first servant brought in the dish, 
which was some great delicacy, the doctor nudged his wife and said, Grethel, that is the first, meaning the first dish. But the servant overheard this remark, and he thought he meant to say that he was the first thief, which was actually the case. So he was very troubled, and he said to his comrades, The doctor knows everything. Things will certainly fall badly for us, for he said it. I was the first thief. The second servant would not believe what he had heard, but, at la- but he was obliged. For when he carried the second dish into the room to listen, the doctor remarked to his wife, Grethel, that is the second. The second servant was now very much frightened as the first and was pleased to leave. But the third served no better, for the doctor said, Grethel, that is the third. Now the fourth one carried in I'm a dish. I'm hanging on every word right I now. I know. It's getting suspenseful. Now the fourth carried in a dish which had a cover on it, and the nobleman desired the doctor to show his skill by guessing what was under the cover. Oh, so he just wants a genie. Well, he's he's thinking all wise. What is you know how yeah. all is he a wizard? How all? Yeah, is exactly. This is he all knowing? The doctor looked at the dish, and then at the cover, and he could not divine what they contained nor get out of this scrape. But at last, he said to he said half to himself and half aloud. Alas, poor crab. And, of course, it was a crab. (laughs) And when the nobleman heard this, he cried out, You have guessed it, and now I'm sure you will know where my money is. The The servants were greatly troubled about this. And he winked to the doctor, follow him out of the room. And no sooner did he do this than all four who had stolen the gold stood before him and said they would give it up instantly and give him a good sum of money to boot, provided he would not betray them. For if he did, their necks would pay for it. The doctor thought this was a good idea and promised and conducted him to the place where the gold lay concealed. The doctor was pleased to see it and went back to the nobleman and said, my Lord, I will now search in my book and discover where the money is. (laughs) So I guess he's pretending to divine this. Yeah. yeah. Now the fifth servant had crept into an oven. Okay. This is where I also, I was like, what? Uh, (laughs) Hold on, hold on, hold on. on, Exactly. Hold on. What? Yep. Uh, So now the fifth servant had crept into an oven to hear what the doctor said. He sat for some time, turning the pages of his book, his ABC book, looking for the picture of the rooster crowing. And he did not find it easily. So he exclaimed, I know you are in here and you must come out. Then the man in the oven, thinking the doctor spoke of him, jumped out in a great fright, saying, this man knows everything. (sighs) Then Dr. Allwise showed the nobleman where the gold was hidden, but he said nothing as to who stole it. So Uh. he received a great reward from all parties and became a very famous man. The end. Interesting. Interesting. So the lesson to be learned is... Pretend to be a doctor and swindle people? Oh, I was my sneeze. I was my sneeze. Oh, I was, see. Was the or lesson? Are we keeping the learned. sneeze in? Yeah, yeah. That was the lesson to yeah, learn. In this episode, yes, the yes. sneeze is staying. I didn't really know what else it could be, so I figured, <laughs> you know, just sneeze. <laughs> that was a story, all right. I love that. Yeah, that was a story. Doctor Allwise. This section that we're doing now, story time. Yes. New for season four. That's right. Really fun. I'm having a lot of fun yes. finding new tales, looking up ones I've forgotten. Um, I don't know. You are you liking it? Uh, No, I like it a lot. It's a great time. We've heard good feedback on it. If you have thoughts, if you if you are liking, um, you know, David and I telling tales to each other, uh, let us know. Send us an email. Okay, should we talk about the idea that we had for a contest? 
Uh, well, you're going to have to remind me because maybe <laughs> were the kids. Oh yes, write yes. A story and mm. so we're thinking about doing a story writing contest. This is good. Yes. You will send us in a story of approximately, let's say, two hundred and fifty words at the most. What is that? Is that a page? It's like about a page, a little okay. less than a page. It depends. It depends on how, what font and all that. <clears throat> so about a two hundred fifty word story it has to have a beginning, a middle, and an end. Mm-hmm. And we're going to choose. One of those stories as the winner of the contest. And then and what? On the last episode of the season. This season? Or the beginning of next season. <laughs> well, we haven't worked that part out yet. Okay. We're going to read that person's story during story time. So Cool. So we'll, let the, we'll, get, the, we'll get the official details out, but start working on your stories. So by next episode, we'll give you more information, but start thinking about it. Start working on your stories, coming up with your ideas. And here's the thing. If... Uh, it, if you're an avid Withy Window listener, you've heard about 30 different authors give you advice. That's right. So if you're just feeling stuck or you really want to do this, but you're thinking, ah, maybe I can't, go listen to uh, some of those episodes um, with your favorite author and see what advice they would give you. Mm. That's a great idea. That's a great tip. So yeah, start thinking about that and we'll, we'll give you more information, but just we wanted to let you know that that is coming. Okay, Graham. Yeah. Coming up next is our conversation with John. Whoa! Oh, what was that? Is that Glenn McCarty? Well, howdy, fellas. Okay, so we have a very special segment right now. Here in the mm-hmm. middle of this episode of Withy Wendell, without warning, yeah. Glenn McCarty just showed up on our screen. Just barged right in. He barged right in. Glenn McCarty is the author of the Tumbleweed Thompson book. And, well, there's a new Tumbleweed Thompson book coming. And we thought, you know what? Those are stories about the West, and I love nothing more than trying to stump authors who are experts about a subject with their own subject matter. Ooh! So I've got a bunch of Western trivia. Glenn, how are you? Are you ready to get stumped by your own subject matter? I'm great. I'm really glad that you you called me an expert on the West. That puts no pressure on me whatsoever. You live in New York, so the West is just like Chicago. That's right. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's really just like Indiana, yeah. So you have a new book coming out. In just a second, we're going to talk about that, and we're going to uh, you're going to fill the kids in on what that book is is called, what it's about, and how they can help support that book and make sure that it gets to as many people as possible. But first, are you ready to answer some questions about the West? I've never been more ready. Okay, these are going to be really hard. Like honestly, they actually might be kind of hard. <laughs> <laughs> but I hope so. Lucky for you, they're multiple choice. But Glenn is wearing his cowboy hat and. That's not where you wear spurs, but he's got spurs. They're not I for thought, your ears? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Those are, they're not earrings. It's a good... Yeah, I think he's ready. But they are dangly. Okay. Who, Glenn, yes. is the only woman known to have robbed a stagecoach? Ooh. Here are your options. A, Annie Oakley. B, hmm. Sarah Pierce. C, Poker Alice. Or D, Pearl heart you mean to go through those again uh there were lots of like jewelry yes could you please go through (laughs) those again a annie oakley b sarah pierce c poker alice and d pearl heart well it's not anastasia the viper valparaiso um because she wasn't on that (laughs) list unfortunately i'm gonna go with uh i'm gonna go with what did you say poker alice yeah yes no that's, yes. what I'm going. That's what I'm doing, too. Final answer? Final answer. All right. Oh, no. It wasn't. 
<laughs> Pearl Hart. I'm devastated. Pearl Hart. I, On May I 29th, 1899, Pearl Hart and a man named Joe Boot, probably an alias, sure. stopped the Globe <laughs> Arizona stagecoach and relieved his passengers of all their money, about $400. According to this website, alias. feeling badly at leaving her victims, victims penniless, Pearl decided to return a dollar to each of them, mm. quote, enough to eat on. Oh, yeah. So, Boy, that, there that, you go. Uh, she had such so, a good heart. Um, you may be an expert on the West, but you're not an expert on female bank robbers. Female, yes, I'm not. Uh, that's a that's a gap in my knowledge. So, Glenn, um, with your new book coming out, a pseudonym to adopt, Joe Boot. Joe Boot. <laughs> there you go. Yes. There you go. Like that. Okay. Speaking of uh, bad guys, here's your question: What outlaw wrote his own press release for one of his robberies? <laughs> All right. Are you ready? Yes. A Sundance Kid. B, Butch Cassidy, C, Billy the Kid, or D, Jesse James? Wow. Mm. For some reason, the whole idea of writing, you know, I feel like, I feel like maybe Billy the Kid just did not have the, the requisite skills to be able to make <laughs> that happen. Um, I could be totally wrong, and I'm, I apologize to Billy, kid, Billy the Kid if that's the case. Um, I think I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with Jesse James. He seemed like a flamboyant sort of type. Final answer. Final answer. D. Jesse James. Ding, ding, ding! Wow! I am so glad that I got one. That is not the one I would have guessed. That is awesome. This press release entitled "A True Account of This Present Affair," which is also <laughs> the name of Glenn's book, stated the most daring robbery on record. The southbound train on the Iron Mountain Railroad was stopped here this evening by five heavily armed men and robbed of. And then it's blank dollars. The ro- the <laughs> robbers were all large men, none of them under six feet tall. They were masked and started in a southerly direction after they had robbed the train, all mounted on fine blooded horses. Man, there was a heck of an excitement to... in this part of the country. End quote. <laughs> yes, talk about making sure that you know people get the right story about you. You just you know here here's what happened. You exactly, just... just do it yourself. I like yeah. that. Like it... A great way to get, get the wrong story out there. I like yeah. that he included that the horses were fine blooded. Like he wants people to know they looked good and yeah. they had the best equipment while they were doing this. Yeah, why not? Right. That's right. That's right. We're... And I guarantee none of those men were over six feet tall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that was nice of uh, Glenn McCarty to drop by like that. Seems to know a lot about Western stuff. If you would like to support the Kickstarter for his second book in the Tumbleweed Thompson series, which let me tell you, I definitely am going to do. You can just go over to Kickstarter, search The Golden Road of Tumbleweed Thompson or search Glenn McCarty or follow him or us on social media and click the, the little button for that. But there's lots of great ways to support them uh, in, in the, the whole Golden Road of Tumbleweed Thompson endeavor. Thanks, Glenn. All right, Graham, that brings us to our conversation with Johnny Jimison. Johnny Jimison is an illustrator. He illustrated when going on a dragon hunt. He okay. also has done all kinds of um, just like illustrations for events and posters and things like that. But he might be currently best known for his comic book series, The Dragon Lord Saga, which is two books deep right now. And you can get uh, volume one, Martin and Marco, and volume two, The River Fox, pretty much anywhere where you buy books. But you could also go to johnnyjimison.com. We had yep. a good time chatting with him, and we think that you'll enjoy this conversation. So. We're going to kick it over to that conversation. And then on the other side, of course, it'll be riddle time. Here's Johnny. Well, we are here with Johnny Jimison, and we are so excited 
to get to chat with you, Johnny. I got to tell you, your books, there's a couple of families who their kids have bought your books and then they come into the bookstore and they still read them while at the bookstore, even though they own them at home. They like them that much. So so thanks for joining us. (laughs) Thank you for having me. That is exciting to hear. I remember being that kid who had to read the same book every time you went to the bookstore. <laughs> oh, same. Absolutely. Yeah. So we've got a lot of questions here from kids. Graham, should we just, should we mix it up this time or just start with the Old Faithful? Oh, we've never mixed it up. I don't know. I'm, I'm right, nervous. Let's just stick with, I think the kids would get upset if we didn't stick with the Old Faithful. So Johnny, you said you listened to a couple episodes. So I think you know what's coming. Johnny Jimison. Yes. Very important question. Cheetos or Doritos? Neither one is my snack of choice, but if I had to choose, I would go with the Cheetos. The puff. Oh, okay. What's your snack of choice? Uh, probably goldfish crackers. Okay. So they're still orange. Yeah. <laughs> still orange, still crunchy. <laughs> still cheese flavored. Well, in some. Oh, okay. Rank. Big way. Doritos, Cheetos, goldfish crackers, Cheez Its. What's your ranking of the, the four Ooh. food, the four cheese cracker snack food groups? Okay, goldfish are number one. I do like Cheez-Its quite a bit as well. Nothing against Doritos or Cheetos, but uh, they'd be, yeah, Cheetos number three and Doritos number four. Yeah, whenever someone says nothing Mm. against and then puts them in last place, you know they actually do have something against them. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not actively campaigning against them. Fair, fair, fair. So are you a savory or a sweet fan more? Oh, probably savory. I like to mix it up with some sweet every now and then, but... Uh, so are you, like, when you're working on a book project or you're doing something creative, are you snacking while you're doing that? Probably. I've usually got uh, goldfish sandwich or some... Oh, yeah, goldfish crackers, for sure. Yeah. I, I, will, I can do savory or, or sweet. I'll have a brownie sometimes by my desk. What about, um, like, if you had to choose between cookies and cake? Now, you're more of a savory fan, but if you had to choose between those two, what are you choosing? Oh, man. What kind of cookies or what kind of cake? Chocolate cookies and chocolate cake. Chocolate chip cookies and chocolate cake. Those will sound really good right now. I, I do like, uh, I like the snackability of cookies. I would like a few cookies on the side that I can munch on while I draw. But right now, the cake sounds best. I may need to get some cake after this. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Yeah, it's starting to sound really good. Um, okay, so Johnny, David's just, he could talk about food forever. So we're going we're gonna to move off of this. I'm sure he'll bring it back up eventually. But I want to give you an opportunity to talk a little bit about yourself, uh, maybe about the work that you do. I know we've already introduced you. David said a little bit about the kids coming into the bookstore to read, but you also do things online. I'm just curious if there's something about your work you would like to talk about, or maybe just introduce yourself to the kids who might not know you? Well, I love to draw comics. And the first book that I set out to make, the first full graphic novel, uh, turned out to be a five-volume series. So that's become a long-term project. I'm about halfway through volume three right now, so about halfway through the entire series. Mm-hmm. The, the series is called The Dragonlord Saga. Books one and two are out. I'm working on book three right now, and uh, I upload new pages from that each week for my Patreon backers. And then uh, the goal is to collect all those pages and print print volume of that next year. That's excellent. We actually had a question from Sarah 
from her two older kids who are wanting to know when that third volume is coming out because they're so eager for it. So you answered that one as well. We're, um, we're hoping. I'm, I'm pushing through those pages as quickly as possible. And if at all possible, we're going to get it out next year. <laughs> is it, are you like, is, yeah. you, you seem like skeptical. Are you feeling like, a, is there a creative block or is it just, there's no paper available in your part of the world? What's the, what's, what, what's the possible delays here? It's just a lot of drawings, <laughs> a lot of panels per yeah. page, a lot of pages per book. And mm. I'm scrambling right now to make sure we get it out in time. So, so you might be saying um, that it's a little bit of work. Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. And uh, <laughs> did you always know that um, you wanted to be a, a cartoonist or an illustrator? No, I did not. This is a weird story that I sometimes tell, partly because I'm still trying to figure out mm. exactly what happened. But uh, I went to college for music and had a, a career mm. uh, as a music minister at a church and as a just a traveling musician. I would write my own stuff and decided I did not want to do that. I washed out of that hard uh, early on and was just trying to find some direction. And I, I still remember there was a season where I had friends and relatives just tossing out casual comments about sketches and doodles and comics that they saw me drawing and asking if I'd ever thought about trying to get them published or do that as a job. Hmm. And for some reason, it had never clicked before that I was a cartoonist. But once I dug into it, I started remembering this is something I've always been doing as a kid in my bedroom or in high school during class. I'd be drawing comics and mm. just never really sunk in until I was 24 or so. <laughs> you realized you were somebody that you didn't even know you were. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, just took the right people saying the right things at the right time. Was that like a, a moment where you were like frustrated because you hadn't been doing that? Or was it this big aha moment now I've got? purpose and something to do now i mean how how did you respond to that in the moment uh, i responded by just drawing one thing at a time mm. and since then it's become i'm i'm kind of trying to make up for lost time i think <laughs> i have so many comics that i wanted to draw i wish i would have gotten started mm. earlier but uh as as a kid i wanted to be an author and write prose novels mm. and then in high school i wanted to be a filmmaker in college i wanted to be a musician and whenever i finally pursued comics it felt like i was coming home to the thing that i had always been wanting to make and just somehow got away from so you were talking about how when you were a kid you were writing you were writing you said you wrote full novels as a kid as a kid i wanted oh, to I write see, full novels so so right. i mean i see all these books behind you for the kids who are listening he's got i think i see harry potter back there there's a bunch of bunch of books behind you what were the books that inspired you as a kid that made you want to be someone who would grow up to become a writer like what were the books that you just like kept turning to and loved the most well from listening to a few episodes i think uh y'all are reading through the phantom Tollbooth right now yeah we did that, that last season last season yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, okay yeah the, the phantom Tollbooth was mm. a favorite of mine when i was a kid loved that book um, I loved the, um, I loved the Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings. Those were, uh, the, the, the Dragonlord saga is actually one of my earliest stories where I was trying to mimic Tolkien and create a Lord of the Rings type story. Mm. And whenever I began creating graphic novels, I took that old story and repainted it as a graphic novel. So that was the story that inspired you and that you were actually trying to like imitate what he was doing was it the was it the fact that Tolkien also was an illustrator and did his own paintings of his work was it the story that most inspired you like what was the thing about 
you know, the, the Hobbit or, or the Lord of the Rings and Tolkien's work in general that made you want to actually go through all the labor that you're still going through with this series? Like, was there just a particular thing about his creativity that, that inspired yours? I love the adventure and I love the setting and I love the ideas that are explored in Tolkien's writing. He's, I've, I've learned so much about myself and my life and the world around me from reading Tolkien stories. And somehow by telling stories that are set in a fantasy world of um, goblins and beasts and adventures, it somehow makes it sink mm. in a little bit more. It gives imagination something to play with and explore my experiences. Mm. And uh, the, the process of creating the Dragonlord saga has been just a constant figuring out the world around me and the life that I live by spending time in a different world. Mm. We should probably turn to some of these questions from the kids, Graham. Although I think you had, you wanted to ask one about his uh, palette and style, right? Yeah, I was just wondering if you could describe, I guess, describe your style for the kids um, and and how, I mean, was it something you came to by emulation? Was it something you developed um kind of out of nowhere. I think kids are, are always curious about how that, that type of thing uh, gains a formation. Yeah, it was all emulation. And mm. when you add enough ingredients, they start to mix together into something mm. fresh and new. So uh, I started drawing when I was a kid based mostly on the, uh, the comic strips Pogo by Walt Kelly mm. and Calvin and Hobbes mm. by Bill Watterson. And also the Donald Duck stories by Carl Barks. So those three influences got me started. And then over the years, as I've pulled in new influences from comics and illustration, and even from the real world around me, they've all mixed together into something that's unique. So speaking of the real world around you, we have a very important question here from Blake. Uh, do you have a favorite fictional dragon? Blake wants to know. Favorite fictional dragon? I most certainly must have one. Yeah, it can't be a real dragon because <laughs> this question is specific to fictional dragons. Right. You know, my mind just keeps coming back to Smaug from The Hobbit. But well, that's a great one. I'm trying to... Yeah. I mean, a lot of the other dragons are just like, the, you know, like St. George and the dragon. There's a lot of standing on dragons' heads in stories. <laughs> a lot of... It's like I guess the new thing though in all the stories is making the dragons like uh, good guys, right? <laughs> I mentioned having lots of influences from different places mixing together in my style, and huge part of what's influenced the Dragonlord saga is the Legend of Zelda video games. And Breath of the Wild has some pretty great dragons in it. We have a question related to this, don't we, Graham? We do. Okay, so um, this question is from Finn. It's actually a two-part question, and depending on which part you answer uh, longer, will tell us a lot about you. Um, <laughs> so, uh, part so one true. <laughs> is <laughs> part one. He wants to know what your opinion is on fruit, and part two of this question is: Do you like any video games? Okay, I, I do enjoy <laughs> fruit from time to time, as we discussed. I'm a savory person, but uh, yes, I, I love some video games. Um, the the Legend of Zelda series uh, is a is a huge influence on me. Uh, the the kind of just open ended adventure and the the way that um the way that the Zelda games play with adventure stories, 
um, is pretty similar mm-hmm. to what I'm doing in my comics. They've got a little bit of that swords and magic kind of King Arthur thing going on, but then the games usually include a desert area and a mountainous region. And mm-hmm. uh, that's something I've loved doing Dragon Moon Saga is seeing to get these classic adventure things and watching them bounce off of each other. Do you, so Legends of Zelda, what are some of the other video games that you were, they or that you still play or that you loved as a kid? Either way. Right now, my wife and I are very into Fall Guys. <laughs> um, I don't know if you if y'all are familiar with that, but it's it's a goofy, ridiculous obstacle course game. <laughs> and we can't get enough of it. It's a goofy, ridiculous, difficult <laughs> obstacle course. So quick follow-up question. <laughs> uh, How do you feel about uh, video games about fruit? Oh, like Pikmin. <laughs> I can get on board with that. <laughs> well, that was quick. That was very good. So, um, my son is going, my son is 11, and he is going to be thrilled that you mentioned Breath of the Wild uh, on this podcast because no one ever has, and I bet he never saw that coming. Uh, but that is his favorite game as well. Mm. And I remember the first time we played it, and we saw the dragons in the sky, and the game is open world. You don't really know what's happening. And you're just like, what is going on? Like, can this thing, am I going to get like attacked here in a minute? Or do I need to get to this? Dra-? It's it's really cool. Um, it's really cool the way they utilize those creatures. Yeah, there's so much about that game that uh, hits the same spot for me that uh, Tolkien's stories do. There's so much to discover. That's a game about going out into the world and discovering things. And that's the same sense like exploring the crazy world that Tolkien came up with and in the Lord of the Rings. You feel like anything could be out there and you're just waiting to see what's around the next bend. Mm. I have no idea what you guys are talking about. But if you want to talk about FIFA or the game Ticket to Ride, I'm there with you. Because <laughs> that's what my kids <laughs> like to do. Although I think my kids probably would like... Uh, um, it's called Breath of the Wild. Yeah. I mean, we don't have a um, console, any kind of gaming system, so that uh, that limits us a little bit. Um, there's a question here from Jacob, and it goes back to something we were talking about a little bit earlier, but it's just, what are your favorite graphic novels to read today? And you've you mentioned some of, the, some of the things that have inspired you, but what are some of the graphic novels that are like out there right now, maybe even by some friends of yours, that, that you're really um, inspired by and excited about? Uh, I mentioned Lightfall. Tim Probert, which is excellent. Cannot wait for volume three to come out of that. There yeah. is a comic. I'm I'm reaching up to my shelf to pull these down as I talk about them. Uh, there is a comic called Diesel by Tyson Hess, which is beautifully presented adventure fantasy story that's uh, anytime I'm drawing the Dragon Lord saga and just need some inspiration for some action or a really a pose for a character that's full of personality and character. I always pull down Diesel and flip through it. And uh, am I remembering correct? Have you had uh, Ben Hackey on the podcast before? We have. We have. Yes. Uh, The Z to the Space Girl uh, graphic novels are actually partly responsible for the Dragon Lord saga. Oh, cool. Um, I know a lot of people credit um, Jeff Smith's phone being the graphic novel that opened their eyes to a comic that could be a huge adventure, but also fun and, uh, you know, just have a lot of comedy mm-hmm. in it. 
but uh, it was Zeta the Space Girl that made me want to expand from the four-panel webcomics I was drawing early on to create something that had a deep story and a, uh, a lore, a sense of adventure to it. So Torin wants to know, um, when you were starting out to draw, do you use a pencil? Um, are you sketching mostly? And she wants to know specifically, do you like mechanical pencils or just standard pencils? I'm a standard pencil person. I cannot use a mechanical pencil without the lead breaking for me. But uh, these days I'm drawing all my comics digitally. I'll usually start in my, I, I will start with a pencil in my sketchbook and just scrawl out a quick diagram of what the Look, how many panels on the pair of the characters in each panel and what's the dialogue just scratching out some quick notes and then i'll scan that into my computer and trace over that to create the digital pencils and then digital inks and digital colors over top of that do you find that process intuitive like was switching from kind of that paper pencil that you were growing up with to a tablet was was there a big learning curve there or did it feel kind of natural there was a big learning curve there, but it didn't last too long. I think there was about six months when I was just trying to relearn the muscle memory because the way you hold the pen is going to work differently. And yeah, it's, it's just, a, just a different way of doing things, but it's become completely natural to me right now. And if, if I had my choice, I would prefer to be drawing by hand. It's just more fun to feel that paper under your hand. But I love the undo button. It makes things go so much more quickly. <laughs> So we have a few things here left on this episode that we before we get to the the word of the week, which of course we'll see what word of the week the bookstore troll actually delivers to us. But there's a question here from um, Eliana who asks if you had to choose one thing to save from a burning house that is not a person or a pet, what would it be? This is a question that's been asked a couple times. So no people or animals. Okay. Hmm. What would I bring? I mean, my mind immediately goes to my hard drive that includes all of my books on it <laughs> so that I don't lose those. That does make sense. Like, you know, that would be a shame, yeah. especially the ones that haven't been published yet. The, I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm sitting here in, uh, in the home library as I talk to you guys and being in this room, I feel like I would just rush in here and grab an armload of everything I could get my hands on. Yeah, this is why every library needs a window, because then what you do is you run into the room, you open the window, and you just start chucking books out the window. <laughs> as many as you can. Until you're like, no, that you, defeats you're... the purpose of that. Uh, you guys are... Oh, I guess this, it does this defeat question the purpose is very of the question, serious. Too. Yeah, it's this very serious question. Um, okay. Uh, simil- <laughs> well, this is another imaginative one, but Torin also asked, if you could go back to any place in time, which decade would you choose? Well, that's a fun one. I would go back to the 1920s and watch hmm. a silent film and a silent film theater. Um, my wife and I are huge um, fans of that era of film. There's a, there's a thing about silent comedy that is th- the way that they did comedy back in those days is just can't be done in the same way again. <laughs> yeah, that's I would love to true. see that with, a, with an audience when it was first being played on the screen. Watch a Buster Keaton film. So you could be in the in the back of the theater while the train is barreling into the audience and watch them all scream, and you guys are just yeah. eating <laughs> Cracker Jack. That would be fascinating, <laughs> just to see people not ever have experienced anything like that before. Like we take it for granted now, but in the twenties, the notion of 
how a movie works is just like mm. so strange and mysterious to people. Okay, one more question before we get to the uh, the very important word of the week. Possibly a little quiz we got here for you. Okay, so this is from Peterson Kids. This honestly maybe should be the new opening question, Graham. The new most important question that anybody's going to get on this show. Johnny? Yes. What do you? What is your view of pineapple on pizza? I knew you'd bring it back Ooh. to food. Well, that's not. I didn't bring it back. The kids did. Don't blame me for a perfectly re- reasonable question. No, this is controversial. I'm in favor of pineapple on pizza. <laughs> David's Logan, cheering. Insert, insert cheering here. Graham and I are in favor <laughs> of pineapple on pizza too. Oh wow! In fact, when we get together with our families and other families, Graham and I always are. We're making sure we're getting up some pineapple on a pizza. Which is interesting coming from yeah. you, though, because you talked about how you like savory stuff. But is it the combination of the savory and the sweet that works for you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm good with that. Friday night, every Friday night is a uh, homemade pizza night here at our house. Okay. So we like experimenting with different toppings. What's the weirdest thing you've ever put on a pizza? Oh, um, I mean, artichoke is a go-to for us. Oh, yeah, that's pretty weird. Yeah. It is delicious, though. <laughs> <laughs> I... I like how it was like, what's the weirdest thing? And you were like, well, I don't know. The weirdest thing is the thing we put on all the time. (laughs) All right. So here, as we're all confessing things, um, I don't think I've ever eaten an artichoke. Um, I don't remember ever buying one. I don't remember anybody gifting me one. I don't remember. I have no idea what they taste like. What's what's an artichoke like? (laughs) Yeah. What I describe, I've never had to describe an artichoke before. Ah. They're not incredibly versatile. To my knowledge, at least, you can fry them up. You can put them on a pizza. Kind of um, salty, I'd right? Them on, yeah, it, they're a veggie, but they're kind of a savory. I don't know. I don't particularly like artichokes, but my in-laws it, are all. I get them on pizza all the time, and so I'm always fighting for that pineapple to go at least on half of the <laughs> the pizza alongside the artichoke. If you can have artichoke, I can have pineapple. I don't understand what the big deal is. That is fair. It's like a meaty vegetable uh, pine cone, right? <laughs> a meaty vegetable pine cone. It must be good. I mean, I, I don't see a lot of places that offer artichoke on pizza, but now I'm going to start looking. Maybe I just haven't looked. I'm going to try this. You and me, David, we're going to try this. <laughs> yeah, get, get, get artichoke with grilled chicken on your pizza. Artichoke with grilled chicken. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So could you eat that while you're drawing? Uh, no, that would be messy. Too messy? Pizza's is a little greasy for drawing. So is that why you don't, like, when you're... This is interesting. But this might explain why you like goldfish the best, because it's the least messy of all those cheese snacks. That is true. I hadn't thought about it that way, but I could not eat Doritos while drawing, because I have a, I have a tablet monitor that I draw on, and I would just be... I wouldn't be able to see the screen. <laughs> and just be straight orange. Well, you know... It could be a little abstract, just some form of like modern Dorito art. Yeah. You could just like, you could just incorporate the Dorito dust into whatever you're working on. All right, Graham, let's, let's do our word of the week. What happened was, Johnny, we have Bookstore Troll who has, he's a bit of a, he's a bit of a frenemy to us. Sometimes he's a friend, sometimes he's an enemy, he, but always he's antagonistic. He took our word of the week dictionary last season and we had to offer him things such as snacks and other gifts in order for him to give us the word of the week. However, this season, Johnny, the bookstore troll Gargle Hauser has skipped town. He's gone. Oh. 
he took the the word of the week dictionary with him, and uh, he's yeah. We're not sure where we yeah. We don't actually know where he is, but he sends us a postcard each week that we're able to able to open. Graham, do you have? Did you receive the postcard this time, or do I need to? No, you should check. You should check the mailbox. Okay. All right. Johnny, are you ready to hear from Gargolhauser, the bookstore troll, who is somewhere in Europe, probably? Yes. All right. What does the postmark say? Uh, well, it's unintelligible. It's, it's unintelligible because pretty much everything <laughs> he writes. Okay, here it is. Dear Gra- dear Gravid. Now he's just combining our names. Oh, like, it's practically the nicest thing he's ever said to us. He seems to think postcards are um, telegraphs, so maybe he's saving space. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. See, dear Gravid. Stop. I'm running you from the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> Stop. I have taken passage on a steamer ship. Stop. There are still steamer ships? I think I'm headed south uh-huh. or southeast or north-south. Stop. How does stop work in Telegram is what I want to know. I have followed a spring, so I know I'm on the right path. Stop. <laughs> what, what, a spring? Uh, yeah. Like that's a mechanical says. spring? I don't know. Maybe the season. Maybe he, wherever he is, it's summer. Um, oh. Stop. Um... The word for this week is... Oh, it's one of those things you have to peel off. So just a second. The word for this week is... The word for this week is... Paridolia. Paridolia. So this is how you spell it. P-A-R-E-I-D-O-L-I-A. Paridolia. Paridolia. Yeah, we're going to take a minute... We're going to each write down what we think this word means, and we'll come back and wow all of our listeners with our uh, intelligence and uh, verbal dexterity. Be right back. Okay, we're back. Time to figure out what pareidolia means. As is our custom, Graham will go first, and then I will go, and then our very special guest will reveal what he believes this word means. And then we will unveil the true meaning. Graham, take it away. Okay, so pear idolia. Uh, you actually combined two words. I think maybe you read it wrong. Um, it's it's actually an idolia. You were you were thinking of a pair of them. Um, but as everybody knows, oh, okay. the idolia the idolia is very simple. It's the utensil. It's very simple. It's used to core an artichoke. So much like an apple corer. Um, the idolia cores an artichoke. I don't, I've never had one, never eaten artichoke, but I definitely know about the tools used, the accoutrement used with artichokes. So if you have a pear idolia, you can mm-hmm. take care of two yeah. artichokes. Two at once. Like a, yeah, exactly. For extra, you know, then you could have extra artichoke on your pizza. Yeah. It's for people <laughs> who order double artichoke. All right. I think pear idolia is a disease to the retina of the eye. That comes from playing too many video games, typically uh, exhibiting uh, a wandering eye because you can't focus. You're moving your eyes and moving around too much. Looking at, uh, they've been conditioned by the, you know, looking at different parts of a screen. Mm. So maybe playing uh, is, uh, Smash Brothers, for example. This is the condition most mothers worry about, I feel like. Right. Yeah. Brain disease and pareidolia. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Johnny, what do you think pareidolia means? Uh, it was my impression that a pareidolia is a pizza only half covered in pineapple. <laughs> oh, that if I don't know if if that's what it really means, but that's what it should mean. That's that we should coin mm. that term for a pizza with half the pineapple. 
Put that on the menu. Yeah, we should, in fact, that should just be the name of uh, some pizza place. Should just call the that on their menu. Their menu name. Okay, pareidolia is. Oh, it's the tendency to see a specific or meaningful image in a random visual pattern. Hmm. So, for example. Because of pareidolia, some people say they can see a person's face complete with a hat or a helmet in the large rock at the, at the peak of a mountain or seeing something in the clouds. Okay. Pareidolia. Yeah. I feel like this is a way to incorporate this into into one of your uh, your stories, John. Yeah. I could, I could be hiding all kinds of pictures. Rock <laughs> yeah. faces in clouds. <laughs> exactly. And who's to say I haven't? True. All right. Graham, we got a couple things here before we go. We always like to ask, we know what he's working on now. We know he's got a new book coming out. We always like to ask uh, what advice you have as an author for the kids who are listening who also want to be writers. Well, I got started uh, drawing comics from doodling everything I saw, uh, mostly the other comics I was looking at. So the, the things that engaged me the most, whether it was comics or video games, I just drew pictures of them. Mm. And that built up a visual vocabulary in my mind where, uh, to this day, if I'm, if I need to draw a, a hand in a certain pose or a tree, like sometimes it's just something that just got caught up in my mind is this is the way it's drawn because that's how I drew it multiple times when I was six or seven. So I'd advise, uh, anyone who wants to be an artist to, um, just look at the things that grab their attention the most and draw them. And uh, mm. if anyone wants to be a writer, uh, the same thing probably goes for writing. Lean into the things that are grabbing your attention and get them down on paper mm. over and over again. Yeah, it's good advice. All right, Graham, last All thing. Right. Yep, Johnny, um, we always like to end with a, um, a challenge. If you have an author friend or illustrator friend, that you think would um, have a good time or maybe you want to punish them uh, by inviting them, challenging <laughs> them uh, to come onto our podcast. Uh, do you have anybody like that in mind? Yeah, who do you most, what enemies do you have that are also writers? <laughs> well, the first person who pops into my mind is uh, Michael Regina, who's a cartoonist. Uh, he, he did a book called The Sleepover last year and uh, he loves to talk about the act of storytelling and the act of art making and he loves to talk to kids so nice he would love the questions that you ask on your podcast awesome well johnny thank you so much for for coming on and you know putting yourself through it uh i don't know what i don't know who challenged you um what enemies you have out there but we appreciate that you came <laughs> on and and bore the slings and arrows of our podcast thanks so much thank you all right. Well, that was Johnny Jimison. Thank you so much to Johnny for coming on. Remember, you can go to johnnyjimison.com and you can check out all of his books, including the Dragon Lord Saga and the new picture book that he is involved in when going on a dragon hunt. Okay, Graham. Graham Burgers. It's time for Riddle Time. Graham, could you do a recap of the riddle that I shared last week? Uh, yeah, kind of. I know that there was... Um, a rich family with a non-hyphenated, uh, very fancy-sounding name <laughs> um, that went out. But when they came home, their kids were kidnapped, which is a, a terrifying thing. Way to go, David. Yeah, I know. I'm um, not sure exactly why that had to be in there, but you know what? A riddle's a riddle. And they were wondering who did it because they have a gardener, a maid, 
and somebody else working in their house, and they questioned them all. And of course, they lived in a roundhouse. Oh, they lived in a roundhouse. And so, Graham, who who did who who's the perpetrator of this crime? The perpetrator of this crime, as you know, and I know, and every person that emailed in knows because they all got it right. It was the maid. Why? How did you know that? Because she said as her excuse that she was dusting the corners. There are no corners no in a corners circle. corners in a roundhouse. Yes. Uh, good job, everybody. If you got that answer correct, and it sounds like a lot of you did, you will be entered into our bucket of winners. <laughs> and then at the end of the season, we will draw from the bucket of winners to get an Uber winner. And you will, will win a pizza pudding, a which pizza. is where you take pudding and you pour boiling milk on it and you throw a pigeon in and voila, bon appetit. <laughs> <laughs> sounds... <laughs> Actually, we can't say what? that because then no, nobody wants that and nobody will yeah, enter. No one will enter. And okay, you're going to win books. You're going to win books. Yeah, yeah. Will there be a pigeon with it? Pigeon pie? Pigeon, pigeon pie. pizza pie? I pizza, don't know. I pizza don't know. raisin medley. Enter at your own, enter at your own risk. Hot milk surprise. Okay, are you ready for this week's riddle, yes. Graham? Mm-hmm. Okay, I want you to imagine. Oh. Are you ready? Is that part are of the... Uh, is that part of the... Well, uh, well, it's, it's kind of like setting you up to experience the riddle in a, in a proper fashion. I see. Okay. Okay. You could close your eyes if you want. I wouldn't recommend that. Yeah, though. I don't trust you. Yeah. Okay. Get so, some hot milk. There's pork on me. Yeah. It's a, it's a milk <laughs> milk symphony surprise. Um, okay. So there's two guys, two men. Okay. What are their names? <laughs> what are you laughing? I'm just making you make up names. It's funny for me. Joseph. Okay. Oh, well, okay. And Thomas. Pretty bland. Fine. Uh, bland? You just insulted everybody <laughs> named Thomas and Joseph. Who's listening? Well, we just have a history of making up uh, ridiculous names. Sherman so. and Sherwood. Cool. All right. Sherman and Sherwood. Sure okay. Uh, they are, um, they used to be friends, Graham. They used to be friends. They used to be, maybe not best friends, but like second best friends. Mm. And they would hang out on the weekends. They'd go fishing. They'd do things like that. You say they would. They would. They Something happened. <laughs> yeah, they did. Something happened. You know what happened? No. Tell me. They fell in love with the same woman. Oh, okay. Her name was... Sure. Lee. <laughs> 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 Sher- Sherwood and Sherman both fell in love with Shirley. What is happening this episode? <laughs> Shirley. Oh, my word. A very beautiful woman. Okay. So naturally, they both fell in love, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now, Sherman, he's a bus driver. Okay. Sherwood, he's a doctor. Okay. And Sherman... Why are you laughing? <laughs> Hard Sher- to keep straight. Sherman. <laughs> now, not because of his job, he had to go on a long, on a long bus trip. Okay. He could be an athlete. He could be a long-haul trucker, anything that travels a lot, but a yeah. uh, okay. bus okay. driver. Okay. So he has to go on a long bus trip. Yeah. It's going like... to last a couple of weeks. Oh, okay. He so he's not just driving from, like, uh, Pine Street to Maple Street. No. 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 He's on North Oak Street. No. He's no. driving, like, city to city. He's driving from Pine Street in San Francisco to Pine Street in Miami. Ah, wow. And uh, gonna take these a... gas prices? Yeah, I know, right? Wow. It's going to take him a while. So he's gone on his trip, right? Okay. You know what he does, though? No. Before he leaves, he gives Shirley something. He gives her... A ring. Seven apples. Seven apples. Okay. Why does he do this? Is she... Oh, this is a riddle? That's the riddle, yeah. He's going, on, he's going on his trip. And what about Sherwood? He, he well, didn't he, do he anything? He stayed behind. So Sherman's going on his trip. He gives Shirley seven apples. Why does he do this? This is fascinating. No, I, this is very difficult. Is there a real answer to this? Yes, there's a real answer okay. to this. 
I'll figure it out next week. <laughs> All right, kids, if you think you know. <laughs> no, there's really a real answer to this one. This crazy. Well, I guess you did a hard one to begin with and people got yeah. it. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, we, yeah. let's have faith. Do we need to give them hints? You'll, you'll have to give me one, but you'll do it later. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. Just listen to the con- Listen to our nonsensical story that you just heard again sure. and you'll get it. Shirley and Sherwood. Yep. Both in love Bus with drivers Shirley. and a doctor. They're both in love with the same person. Sherman leaves Sherman on a leaves. long trip, but yeah, he gives her seven apples. Yeah, he gives her a gift of seven apples. But why? Yeah. Okay, yep. cool. Yep. Wow. All right. So this is uh, this is the end. The, uh, the riddle and the episode. Wow. We yeah. made it. I mean, we made it to the end. The kids made it to the end. Some of them at least did. Several of them <laughs> fell asleep. <laughs> Some of their parents turned it off midway. Yeah. Um, Thanks so much to the Tree Street Kids for sponsoring. Uh, remember, you can go to treestreetkids.com. Uh, don't forget also that Glenn McCarty has yeah. The Golden Road of Tumbleweed Thompson coming out. And it would be great if you could go um, you know, support him on Kickstarter and help make sure that that book gets out. I think it's releasing in the spring. Also, you know, you learned so much about the Old West. And so why not? pay it forward uh and of course thanks to johnny jimison for being our guest and thanks to uh, cold puffin soup for sponsoring and thanks that was to everyone to who wrote in and is going to send us pictures of uh, graham as a scarecrow <laughs> well that's funny i'll yeah. take that just keep the milk out of it <laughs> see the thing about you graham which i did fail to mention earlier kids graham doesn't even like to eat milk with cereal i don't so he, he can't talk i like crunch no i can talk because the milk isn't filling up my mouth i just crunch the cereal and swallow it so <laughs> this is this is nonsense okay you know what enough of the nonsense the end of the nonsense till next time i'm david kern that's a guy who doesn't eat milk with his cereal happy reading goodbye <laughs> <laughs>